All right. I love, I love our church. I really do. Uh, and, and I love what God's been doing in our church. We're only six years old. And we have seen in the last six years some amazing things happen. And I'm talking about a whole lot of life, dramatic life change stories. And um, we, started, we started a series last week called I Love My Church to really start sharing with you a three-year uh, strategy that our strategy team has come up with. Um, but we kind of, we shared goals last week, some big picture goals, gave you a little pre, uh, preview peek of our, our website. Uh, we've got a 150 page document that, that, that all points back and re- reflects uh, our beliefs about the Bible and some shared values um, of, of who we are as a church. And so Today, we thought we would go a little bit different. I don't want to come in and give you some big motivational powwow um, and invite you to jump on board with our church. I, I really felt like let it just speak for itself of what God's been doing here today. So I invited five people to come up on stage to kind of work as a panel and share their stories of what God's been doing in their life. Not so at the end we can celebrate our church we want to celebrate God and what he's doing. But I hope in the process of this that if you're new to God, new to his church, and you feel like there's something there about God that he, that, that he, that he has for you, a, a new direction for some of you, maybe some newfound growth, maybe, maybe some clarity about who you are in him, and maybe you're to quit identifying with some of the junk that you identify and you feel stuck in a pit, can't get out of it. I want you to listen to some of these stories today. In the end, we're going we're gonna to do one more song in the end, and I hope we just we say thank you to God for what he's done. So let me pray and ask these guys to come on up while I pray. God, we love you. And Lord, I pray as we share stories of real life change. God, we, I pray you get all the glory of what's going on here at this church. And I pray... As we share these stories, I pray that it would spur on people sharing their stories and you would leverage all our scars, all our brokenness, and you would shine through our brokenness and and allow us to be a light to every man, every woman, every child in this city. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Let me introduce you to some really awesome, cool people. Um, We're going to start on this end. I'm going to go down. This is Roy Sharp. Great friend of our families. He's the first person that ever said, I will not attend your church. Don't invite me any longer. <laughs> Booyah! You're on the stage. All right, I win. Um, this, is, this is Chelsea. I, you don't have the mic yet, so no one can hear you. Um, <laughs> love you, bro. Um, this is Chelsea Pearson. She's a superstar college uh, soccer player, senior. One more year in Columbus, and then she'll be headed elsewhere unless we can convince her to stay. Uh, love you, Chelsea. This is Jay Massey, homegrown Columbus boy, finally became a man, and uh, see the way he bowed his chest out when I said that. Uh, love Jay. He's one of the most positive, energetic guys I know. In fact, like, he's so positive about what God's done in his life and so excited about where his life has gone. Every week, not because, I don't know why, but he just kisses me on the cheek every week. <laughs> And you can think what you want about that, right? 
I mean, you know, he's just happy. He's fired up. And he's kissing me on my cheek every week, and I kind of like it. Okay, so, okay, all right. How about that, Rick? Is that good? We good all right with that? All right, this is Chris Ricks. And Chris is a uh, wonderful father of an incredible family. And, uh, and he's also an incredible uh, army dude. And we celebrate uh, him just the fact that he sacrifices for our country. So thank you, Chris. Love you. And then this is Cynthia Biddle. Uh, Cynthia is a, um, is, is kind of like my mama and I love her and, uh, she lost her husband not long ago. And so she, um, she's going to be sharing a little bit of that today with you, but we love Cynthia. And so let me start on this end and, uh, we're going to kind of go like down the line here and I'm going to ask them basically two questions. First is, um, how did you get connected to my church? How did, what did God use or how did you get here? And then I've got one more after that. We'll just go down the line. Roy, you go first. Um, I got here through, um, through Jeff. Like you said, he wrote me in and, and he made me go first. Um, my daughter, Chloe, is really good friends with, with Ashley and that's, that's Jeff's daughter. And I didn't, I wasn't planning on coming to this church when it first started up. Um, prior to that, I really didn't, um, as a family, we really didn't go to church. Uh, we looked around several different churches, but it was, um, it was very Dr. Seuss-like in the fact that either it was too big, too small, too stuffy, too dressy, it, and, or the messages just didn't hit home. Um, and then we got invited to come to my church, and um, the first opening set was Friends in Low Places, so I figured <laughs> we had to stay here. Um, we had you in mind, Roy. I'm just yes. kidding. <laughs> yes, I'm a country boy at heart. <laughs> Um, but we stayed here because the, the messages, um, many of you here already know that when, um, when Jeff or the, or the pastors up here really talk to you, it's not like a pastor is preaching to an audience. It feels like that he's talking to you. It's, it's an eye to eye conversation, um, about real things in life that have a biblical, um, undertone. And it's, it's really refreshing to hear that. Um, especially when you can apply it at home. And, and sometimes um, these messages, I mean, they hit you right in between the eyeballs. Chelsea, how did you end up becoming a part of our family? Uh, yeah, so I actually grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, and I went to church regularly with my mom and my little brother growing up. But right as I kind of went into high school, I decided that church was a place where they just told me what to do, and I didn't want to do what they were telling me what to do. And um, secondly, that God wasn't really somebody I was interested in having a relationship with. Um, and so in 2011, I came to Columbus State to play soccer. Um, and just before I got here, I fractured my shin and was put in a walking boot, which I was then in and out of for about eight months as it just really wasn't healing properly. Um, and so during that time, as sort of my identity as a soccer player was taken away, um, I got really angry at God. I didn't really understand why this was happening to me. Um, and just kind of got into the wrong things. It was like partying a lot and making really poor personal decisions. Um, but along the way, God's really a gracious and merciful God, and he inserts um, occasions and opportunities and people to kind of lead us back to him. Um, and that's what happened through our head athletic trainer, Jared, who was regularly coming to my church with his wife, Tamara. Um, and one day in the training room, you know, probably knowing all the junk I was going through because the training room is just kind of a place sometimes where people's information gets out, um, Jared said, you know, I think you should come to my church. There, he must have said, you know, there's some regular people. I, I just think you'd like it. 
Um, and so for one reason or another, myself, a couple of my roommates and teammates, we showed up in spring of 2012. And um, we must have just felt comfortable. And I can't really tell you or pinpoint exactly why it is we kept coming back. Um, but I knew that I was welcome here and that I didn't have to figure everything out um, before I came and that I didn't have to know what I needed to fix hmm. to keep coming, but that I was welcome. Wow, good. Jay Massey. Hello. How about you, bro? Okay. Um, <clears throat> clear my throat. Um, prior to my church, there was no church at all. Um, hey, hold those mics as close as you can so we can hear you good. All on it? Okay. Yeah, all the way. Okay, all right. But anyway, uh, there was no church at all. Um, not that I hated God, not that, not that he did or didn't do something for me. I just just did not want a relationship with him, um, strictly because of the, the way that I was living my life. But um, I got introduced to my church probably about five years, six years ago. <clears throat> and uh, it's when I come out of the mall or either a Walmart, there was a flyer on my truck that had the My Church logo, and I, I'm kind of wondering if it had your face on it. I'm thinking <laughs> it might have. But anyway, I looked, and I was like... You decided then you wanted to kiss me on the no, cheek? I, I decided okay. right then, I was like, what is this? Okay, stupid, whatever. So anyway, I threw it away. And um, But six years later, my sister introduced me to coming to my church. And uh, everybody thinks that we were dating, me and my sister, because so, we're always together. But, this is um, getting really tangled. First yeah. you kissed me, now you're dating your sister. So anyway... Anyway, so she introduced me to my church, introduced me to Jeff, and he told me, he said, look, if you're, if you're just kicking tires, looking around, you know, he said, um, I'll be glad to give you some more, um, recommend some other churches for you, if, if, you know, if you're not, just to make you feel wherever you want to be. And uh, I, just, I just thought that was pretty cool that he wanted me to be where God led me and not just to be a body planted in his seat. So um, anyway, so other than that, um, man, there I just have spent some time with some of the leaders here, and uh, uh, Jeff. I mean, he's real deal as they come. He's the same. I mean, he's real as can be. Ed, he he's real. He'll he'll hurt a kid in a minute with a football. But um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, JD got popped in the face with a football by Ed. So anyway, but we'll yeah, get him, they're just a, a group of good guys, and uh, it's just some you know just some positive people to be around. So uh, I recommend y'all to get to know them. Chris, how about you? Um, so uh, me and my family, I've been in the service for uh, 23 years now. Um, like many service members that are out here, you guys know the deal, right? You get orders to go to a new duty station, and, uh, you know, you start church shopping. So figure out where you're going to fit in when you get there. Um, fortunately enough, uh, my brother-in-law is a, uh, a pastor of a church, and, you know, the military community is not really that big, even though it seems like it. So we asked them, hey, you know some folks from Columbus. They recommended my church in Cascades. Um, so we came in uh, a little bit over a year ago, came here the first Sunday uh, that we were in town and have been coming ever since. Um, just real genuine people, um, not, you know, glazed over, brushed over. Everybody brings their stuff in the front door with them when they come in, and, and it was uh, refreshing to say the least. And... Uh, and uh, at the time, uh, when we were talking to my brother-in-law, he was pastoring a church over in uh, Germany. So my church, you're internationally known. Um, so that's kind of a cool thing. That's cool. That's really cool. Cynthia. Um, actually, I know Jeff and Christy 
from way back, just so you know how old we both are. He was my oldest daughter's youth pastor, and she's 34 now. Uh, I was only a year older than her then, though. <laughs> they, were, they were newlyweds when they came. Um, I was raised in church. I, I grew up in church, traditional churches, um, non-traditional churches. I raised my children in church. Um, and when they were young, I served. I always served in the children's ministry, in the youth ministry. And as they grew up and I got a little older and I, I couldn't hang with the kids anymore, I was looking for a place to serve. And um, one of the first news bits I heard when Jeff and Christy came back in town was Jeff was on top of a billboard collecting bicycles for the needy. You know, that was a boom lift, by the way. Uh, was it a boom lift? Boom okay, lift. it was yeah. up there anyhow. Uh, I was listening to it on the I, radio. Billboard's too scary. I didn't yeah, actually witness it. Um, anyhow, I just, I was looking for a place to serve. And God started kind of speaking to my heart then. And I've been here four years. And um, this is just, I love it. I just love serving here. All right, let's pass that mic back, mic back to Roy. Thank you, Cynthia. Let's jump, let's dive into the real stuff here. Here's, here's, here's where you're going to hear some, some real life, real heart, and here's where, you're going to, here's where you will relate, because we're all in life together. Roy, um, how has this church, and you know, let's not make it about this church, how has God made a difference in your life, and we'll, we will say through, through his church? So I've been, we've been coming here for, for seven years now, and um, two years into coming into my church, uh, we got... Um, some really bad news. Um, I was diagnosed <laughs> I was diagnosed with a, um, an incurable uh, muscle disorder. What it, what it does is it basically uh, waste away all your muscles, and um, you can imagine, two years into my Christian walk, I was floored. I mean, um, when, when, when I heard this, I was so angry. Um, you know, why me? Uh, I'm a Christian, I, I do the right thing. Um, why, why did I get this? Um, So, it's, it's, it's really tough to talk about. Um, my, um, so, I got diagnosed, and my wife, she, um, she went to Costa Rica one year as a, on a missionist trip. Not Costa Rica, to Honduras, I'm sorry. And um, the very next year, my church uh, was doing a, a missions trip out to Costa Rica, and she wanted me to go, and, and I didn't want to go. Because um, I'm thinking, you know, what can I do? <clears throat> I can't help nobody. You know, I can't do anything physical. It's it's pointless. Why does she keep asking me about it? This is so... It, it wasn't meant to be. Um, the deadline was coming up. Um, I think it was like the very next night. And, and me and Crystal argued about it. <laughs> Um, and I was still dead set on not going. Well, something happened that morning. I, I can't really remember what it was, but I ended up saying, you know what, if I'm going to go, fine, I'll go. You know, I just gave up. I'll, I'll, you know, if it was meant to be, it'll happen. There were so many obstacles 
um, in order to take this trip, like like getting a passport and, and, and having, you know, the funds. And all of a sudden, my passport lined up and the funds were available, and then we went to Costa Rica. Um, we worked in a, um, a recycling facility, and um, we worked there, and we ended up raising enough money so that this recycling facility could, could take homeless people in and, and give them showers for three or four months. I mean, it was, it was really cool. Um, I was very proud of myself. And then I remember we, we met with uh, Kirk Nowey uh, after it. And Kirk said something that, that just really stuck with me. Um, that guy who, who ran the facility was, um, he was tired. He was, he was worn out. He was, he was beat down. Um, he wanted to give up. And, and what we did is we gave this guy strength to move on. And that's when it kind of hit me in the face that, you know, um, Strength is more than, than just being able to lift something. I mean, we, God used somebody like me and what I thought about uh, my condition uh, to help some, to strengthen somebody else, and that was just so profound to me. Um, my perspective about my disease or my illness started to change. Um, it, I mean, it's still, it's still, it is very difficult to talk about, um, and it, and it, and it does suck. Um, I haven't, I haven't been able to pick up my kids since for about eight years now. And as a dad, as a dad, that's a tough thing to live with. But there are some good things that came out of this. Um, I started, I stopped looking at things that I couldn't do and started looking at things that I can do. Um, I started making stuff intentional. I, I wanted to be a, uh, intentional about being a better husband, about being a better dad. And it's it's been great to to have that focus when you when you're intentionally spending time with your family. Um, it's it's not always. This this disease is, 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 oh my gosh, it's so tough. Um, in my groups, outside of my perspective changing, in my groups uh, that we've been through at my church, I've heard several people tell me that after hearing me speak about this, that it changes the way that they look at their family and how they spend time with their husband and wife. So it's still, through my illness, it's still impacting people. Um, and I guess the, the, the greatest thing now is, is making stuff intentional for my family so it's it's been really you hate to use the word blessing in this because nobody wants to be blessed this way but i'm making stuff intentional and not just living every day just by and by thank you roy and let let me just add that roy you are to my family a major inspiration you are. And whatever life you have in the future, the legacy that you leave with, with, with Trey and Chloe and your wife will long surpass any physical ailment you have. We love you as a church family. You are my family. My family. I'll be in heaven one day and we'll go party. Okay? <laughs> and we'll climb... 
And we'll find, we'll find Everest, whatever Everest, Mount Everest is in heaven, and we'll dominate. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Chelsea, tell us, what has God been doing? What difference has he made in your life? Um, since I've been coming to my church, I think the Lord has really taught me the value of community and um, kind of what Jesus hopes for us in community. And when we started coming here, um, Brooke and Brandon Whitus were leading a small group for college-age kids, and Brooke specifically was leading the group for girls. Um, and in those kind of group meetings and as we met, um, they just provided an environment of safety where we could talk about what we were going through, whether you know, it was insecurity or anger or bitterness or impurity, you know, any of those things that a college kid can struggle with, um, they just said, you know, you know, bring it to the table. And what they didn't do was give me a list of things to do to correct my issues. It wasn't like, hey, make sure you're in church every Sunday and make sure you're reading your Bible and make sure you're praying and quit cussing and quit doing these things. Instead, they just told me about who um, Jesus was as a person and who Jesus said I was. And wow. through that process, um, healing was able to take place. And so they really just showed me how Jesus can show himself through people here um, and through community. And then one other big thing that I actually left this out this morning, so um, sorry about that. But um, there was a defining moment actually during one of our games about, gosh, I want to say this was two falls ago, but we were playing, it was our po one of our postseason games. And I think it went into overtime or, you know, it was like the, out at the end when your legs are just really getting heavy and you're tired. Um, and my coach had put me out at wide midfield, which basically means you get to do even more running. And um, I'm running to the sideline to go pick the ball up for a throw. And I looked up and Jeff was there and Christy was there and Brandon and Brooke and their kids were there. And I know that's not something that can happen every single time, all the time. But for a moment, I thought, wow. You know, like, that, that's really what this is all about. Um, and it, it's not like oh, you come to my church and they show up at all your soccer games or softball games or, or whatever it is, but it, it just was so symbolic of the Lord being there for wow. me and for us. Um, and so through my church, the Lord has really showed me what community looks like um, and how through those communities, Jesus reveals himself to us and who we are in him, and then he changes our hearts through that. You're going to go a long ways. And she, she, she is, you do have a boyfriend. And so, and I told him after the first service, I said, bro, you better hang on to her. <laughs> Thank you. Jay, tell us what God has been doing. Uh, like I said, before church, before my church, there was no church at all. Um, I basically did everything possible that I could to find my own happiness, searched many different avenues, um, and, and not, like I say, not that I, not that I hated God or nothing, it was just once, I felt like once I could fix myself, then I would come to church and, and have a relationship with him. I didn't want to be like the one that would come to church and then you'd see me out on Saturday nights and the way I was, um, because um, I was real bad. Um, but uh, anyway, um, I don't know if y'all remember whenever we used, to, whenever we had the series about the movie, the movie nights or whatever it was here that one of the series. But Ed, Ed preached on um, 
Joseph, whenever he got thrown into the pits by his brothers. And um, they passed out these cards right here. And it said, there's no pit so deep that God is not deeper still. And I still have to look at that card because that's kind of, it kind of throws you off the way it's said on there. But everybody's got their own pit and, uh, in life. And mine just happened to be uh, drug and alcohol abuse, which later turned into an addiction that I struggled with for many years. And uh, I'm just glad that God was a lot deeper in that pit than I was because he's the one that could only, the only one that could bring me out. I tried many, many, many times, tried my best to quit, could not quit. Um, and it was only, it's only a God thing that, that he could take me out in the pit. He did for me what I couldn't do for myself. Um, like I say, I've been clean now, uh, one year, seven months and five <laughs> days to be exact. Woo! And, um, you know, he's given me a peace and a happiness that I've I tried to find and I never could find. It led me down a, a dark road. Um, he's helped me restore relationships that uh, that I messed up along the way. Didn't restore all of them, but um, wow. I restored the ones that he restored the ones for me that meant anything to me in my life. So uh, I'm just excited about what God does for me, what He's done for me, um, and what I used to hate to even hear. God, I mean, my mom used to sit there and go, God's good. And I'd be like, why you got to say that every time I'm around? I mean, okay, God's good, but don't tell me this. I, I could care less. But uh, anyway, what I used to shudder at, man, I can't, I love talking about him. And I love talking about <laughs> what he's done for me and how he's changed my life. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Thank you. Jay, when I hear you talk, I just hear that song, that happy song. Cause I'm happy. Yeah, that one. That's just you, bro. You make me happy. Chris Ricks. Okay, so uh, like I said, I've, I've been in Army uh, a while. Um, I'm a, a medic by trade. Uh, I found God really on the shirt tails of my wife when we were first dating. And uh, she brought me into the church, and I swore that I'd catch on fire, but I didn't. Uh, I survived that and uh, and came to know Jesus and develop a relationship and uh, fast forward uh, through my second deployment um, came back from that one and and like many of y'all out here that have experienced that you know there's some changes that happen um, particularly that one I'd, I I got real angry um, on the backside of it um, you know I just got tired uh, we had 53 KIAs and multiple polytraumas and you know my job I got tired of seeing my friends in pieces or you know worse um, so I was angry I got, got home uh, was angry at pretty much everything and I uh, I broke my relationship with God I turned my back on him um, turned my back on the church I was extremely um, angry at God um, and you know I I quickly realized that that probably wasn't the right road to go down, um, and, and thankfully, to this day, my wife was there for me and steered me away from that, and uh, you know, got me got me back into church, and and you know, I, I went back in, and it was wasn't for the heartfelt reasons, but you know, happy wife, happy life, so that that got me back in the door, so that was a good one, um, but it, it just it still wasn't working. 
Um, that anger kept going on for probably a couple years or so. While I was still kind of, you know, just making the donuts, going to church, and, and kind of going through the motions, so to speak. Um, and then at some point in time, that anger turned to uh, guilt. Because um, what I saw in the church, uh, the, the few that we had experienced since that time up until coming here about a year and some change ago, uh, was no one talked about that. No one talked about the issues that you brought in with you to church. It was, hey, you go to church and things are good and you're, you'd be a good person and you have a great relationship with God and your family and, and you know, you're nice. Upstanding. No one really pulled out the, hey, it's all right. We got some baggage too. It'll be okay. Um, so fast forward, uh, a little over a year ago, we, we came here to my church and uh you know, walking through the front door and, and coming in here and hearing the testimony and then going into a small group almost like the first month we were here, the first two months we were here, which we had never done before, me and my wife. Um, got in a small group with, with Jay over here. <laughs> so instantly I was like, whoa, all right, we're, we're good. Um, and just met some incredible people and, uh, and heard their story. And it, it let me let go of that and brought me back to God. Um, and I thank this church for that because I don't think it would have happened otherwise. I would have kept going through the motions and uh, kept going down that road. Um, since then, I've seen an incredible change in our family. I have a, a wonderful daughter who is becoming a beautiful young lady in her walk with Faith. And her name's Faith, so it works out pretty well. Um, and then my son Noah, uh, I was convinced that he didn't pay attention because he would sit over there like he was probably doing before drawing pictures for the entire uh, length of Jeff's uh, sermon up here. And uh, first it's couple okay. weeks, we'd drive away, and we'd start talking about it. And lo and behold, he would correct us on what Jeff was saying when we're on our way home. So he was paying attention. Um, and then uh, earlier this year, he asked uh, myself and my wife, um, fully understanding and could completely articulate what it meant that he wanted to do the God plunge, want to be baptized. Um, and that blew me away. Um, so, yeah, good job, buddy. So it was wonderful for me um, to see how this church and the ideals uh, that everyone here promotes in the community to bring folks back to God affected me personally, it affected my family, it affects me professionally, and it's something that I want to carry forward. So thank you. That's good. That's good, Chris. That's good. Cynthia. One of the things that, that keeps coming up, and, and, you know, I said I was raised in the church. Um, I've done the traditional church with the Sunday school. I've done the little more contemporary church. Um, and there are a lot of people out there who are intimidated by your traditional white steeple church, um, Sunday school, Sunday morning. They, they're not going to walk into a, a building where it, there's strange people. And, uh, that's why I love our small groups. I lead a group on Tuesday night at a local restaurant, and um, after a few weeks, our server who had been serving us, um, she came in and she said, I don't want to interrupt you. She said, but I've been listening to you, and I'd like to ask you some questions about your church. She said, uh, I'm a believer, but we're not, my family's not in church right now, and, and we want to find a church, but it's just a little, and she used the word intimidating. So we, uh, we swapped numbers with her and gave her some information and just loved on her. And, and that's one of the things that I think is so special about 
our church. You know, there are a lot of different types of churches for a lot of different types of people. But I love the fact that this church reaches people in an unconventional way. My husband did not go to church for 20 years. I raised our children, and, and he would come on holidays, and when our daughter would sing, he would come listen to her sing. But um, I basically just prayed for my husband all those years. I had a, I had a granny that told all of her grandchildren before they got married, um, now, honey, we don't want any divorce in our family. So even through all the years when things were kind of tough, um, I prayed. And I just went to church, and I just raised my children. And um, my children grew up, as I said earlier, and I kind of needed a ministry. I wanted to serve. I just I felt like I needed to serve, and that's how I ended up here. And um, Joey would come with me, um, and he would, for the first year, he would stand out there with his back to the wall and while I served in the cafe, and he would come in here, and he'd complain about the music being too loud. And... Uh, <laughs> And then um, Easter two years ago, Brandon Whitus contacted him and said, we're going to have Easter out on the land, and we have no parking, so would Joey be interested in driving a golf cart? And that just blew his mind. I mean, he, he had said to me before, you, you know, we'd been at a church for 20 years, and, and, of course, it was a large church, and it's a lot to expect of somebody to remember names, but, but, but the pastor there never got his name right. And he said, how does he know my name? You know, the first day he visited here, Jeff and Christy hugged his neck. Um, he had a deep-seated need to feel valued, and he got that here, and, and it was slow in coming, um, he had a lot of issues he was dealing with. He, he was a closet alcoholic. I had no idea he drank until about two years ago. And um, after that Easter of serving, he started coming regularly. And he started wanting to do the prayer when, uh, we would, before we would eat. And um, this past Easter, when Jeff gave the invitation, he stood up. And the next month, he got baptized. My brother baptized him at his little country church back home. And my husband was a different man um, because people here loved him and accepted him for who he was. Oh. They included him. Um, and he went from a person that might say, I love you to his family once or twice a year, usually when there'd been a fight and he was feeling guilty, to he had so many people here he loved. He would not walk away without telling you, I love you. He would call my brother, and he'd call, or he'd text Craig, my brother, and Jeff, and he'd, on Sunday morning, say, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Um, every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. He lived more that last year than he lived the whole 32 years we were married before that. Um, he passed away in July, a week before our 33rd wedding anniversary, and I have absolutely no doubt where he is. And I have so many wonderful memories. And I said earlier, my daughters and I have a term called ugly crying, so I apologize. I'm ugly crying. Um, I, just, I just thank everybody here who loved him and who came and remembered him. And, um, and I still get hugs. Y'all are just so wonderful. This is just, I know there are a lot of churches out there, but this is my church, and you are my family, and I just wow. love y'all. Thank you. Wow. Hey, let's give all these guys a real warm applause. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Love you, Roy. I do mean it. I love you guys, Chelsea.
Appreciate you. Jay. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm going to close our service up. Um, with just maybe bringing out one thing that Cynthia said. She said, she said Joey had a deep-seated need to be valued. I don't think that's just Joey. <laughs> you know, if you, if you look at the, the, the experts out there on men and women, they would say all men have a deep-seated need to feel valued, to be valuable. To feel value, to, to make a difference. And they would say of women, that every woman, every little girl out there, to any flown, grown adult woman out there, you have a, a deep-seated need to be loved. And since our church began, what we have seen is God has been using our brokenness, our brokenness, us, himself through his family, this church, all our warts, all our scars to help people feel loved and valued. And I, I can tell you, I've never been a part of a church like this before. God, is, God has begun a work in this church that because of, like Matthew sixteen eighteen says, upon this rock I will build my church, we can rest in the fact that the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. So when a team of people sat down um, eight, nine months ago, and we talked about that last week, our surge three-year initiative, we, we didn't have to come up with some new things to say we want to become as a church. We just said, what has God already been doing? And we just, put, we just helped articulate those things now as our shared values. You know what God's been doing? He's been... He's been helping people feel accepted here. Well, you know what God's been doing? He's been, he's been allowing our church to do things kind of unconventional, i.e. the nay-nay and the whip, right? But for a purpose. We, we heard these values come out in these stories. It, it, it attracted me because it was authentic. You know, the, the, the thing that's hurt God the most is us being inauthentic. It's pastors, it's other Christ followers thinking, okay, because I became a Christian, now I need to pretend I'm perfect. And when, when I'm, as I'm pretending I'm perfect, then everybody will think I'm better than what I am. And what happens is over a prolonged period of time, a church can go the wrong direction and portray the wrong message. And so nine months ago, we said, let's be great at what we're doing. And so we, 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 we spent nine months, we've got a 150-page document that doesn't lead us away from becoming, lead us away from who we are. It's clarifying what we've always been and really putting clear verbiage around it. So can I just tell you in the days to come, I'm believing our church is going to be white, hot, with clarity and direction. And my hope and my prayer is that if you are, if you are, as we all recognize ourselves in one of these stories, my prayer is God would transform your heart, your life. Like 
this verse says here. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and I'll close with this. And band, you guys can come on up. And host teams, you guys can come forward. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. I hear new persons on stage. You know, when Jesus willfully took all our mess and said, I'm going to buy back all the hurt, all the pain, all the sin. I'm going to take that on me and take it away from everybody else. When he went to his grave and when he rose from the dead, essentially what he was doing was freeing us from life's junk and giving us hope for forever. And what he's been doing from the beginning of time until now is making people new. Scripture says that Jesus is making all things new. Now, I want you guys to look over here at me. Everybody get a little sidetracked. I got some ADD, ADD people in here, all right? Like me, like me. Focus on me now. He is making all things new. But the process isn't done yet. And it will not be done. I will not be completely new until I'm in heaven. But he's making all things new. He says the old life is gone the new life has begun. That's why we can get fired up. That's why we can celebrate Roy knowing that his physical body, that Roy's physical body may not be healed on this planet, but it will be healed. No, make no mistake about it. And, and, and we're gonna, we're, we're, I'm praying for Roy. And I believe God can heal his body. And we're going to ask him to do this. We're going to ask him to do it in this lifetime. But here's what's here's the here's the here's the whole here's how God works through our brokenness, Roy. And all this is a gift of God who brought us back to himself through Christ. You know what our mission statement is? Helping people what? Find their way back to God. That's where it came from. And God has given us speaking to us. God has given us this task of reconciling people to himself. As God does work in your heart and in your life, he uses your scars, he uses your brokenness to help others find him. That's, that, that's what that means. For God was in Christ, Christ was in God, recons, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. We can celebrate that, right? And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. The reason we're talking about this, the reason we talked about those goals last week, the reason I'm talking about I love our church and where we're going in the next three years is because there is no plan B. We are, we are, we are the plan. If you ever felt like you've been, as Jay said, in a pit so low that your junk is so bad that as a man, you have no more value, that's a lie from the enemy. God wants you to pull you out of the pit, and he wants to use your junk for somebody else's forever. And he gave us the gift of helping others come back to himself. So, we are Christ's ambassadors, as Chelsea is to her soccer team, or to CSU. Chelsea's an ambassador at CSU over there at the college. 
God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. And that might be the message for some of you this morning. Some of you heard a story today and you need me to say to you right now, come back to God. Because it's already been said. Through the pages of God's word, God's soul message to each of us is come back to me. I will give you love and I will give you value. That's God's message. And here's where we get to put it into practice as a church. I want men to listen to this. As you lead, some of you that have a household, some of you will have a household someday. I'm, I'm calling out the men in this church to step up and to lead. And if you believe it, live it. Because what we believe, we act upon. I believe God is my Savior. I believe He sacrificed His life for me. So as men and as women, we should sacrifice our lives for others, right? Roy sacrifices his life for his kids. Military men and women, you sacrifice your lives for America. Jesus sacrificed for everybody. And as Christ followers, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to put in action what we believe. And God is making believers. He's growing faith. One faith story at a time. Our host team is going to come forward. We're going to pray for this offering. We're going to close with a song. And as I said in the beginning of the service, I pray right now that we would come unglued for God and make his name heard all over this city. Because there are still little boys, little girls, men and women who don't know God's love, who don't recognize that they can be valued through a Savior who loves us. God, use this stuff, use our resources, use our sacrifice, use our hearts, our efforts, our time, our talents. God, use it. Use our scars. Help us put our beliefs into actions. And I pray that every man, woman, and child in this city and abroad would know you because of what you're doing in us. Amen.